Hi, I'm Pam Dunn, and for the next 10 minutes or so, join me in a conversation that will provide practical ways to access your inner wisdom. Since being wise means you will act and behave based upon your knowledge, what you know, it means when we know better, we can do better. There is immense wisdom in listening and learning from others. So what you hear today will provide infinite possibilities and opportunities for practice. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to 10 Minutes of Infinite Wisdom. This is Pam Dunn, and my guest today is my friend and colleague, Dan Civils. He is a certified coach and course leader for Your Infinite Life Training and Coaching Company. Thanks for being here, Dan. Well, hello, Pam. It is good to be here. <laughs> 10 minutes of infinite wisdom. I was, I was hoping it would be 15 seconds, but I'll try to prolong mine. Okay, that'll be good. Because, <laughs> because what we're going to talk about today is the wisdom of not helping, which does seem a little bit counterintuitive. But I, I think what I'd like is if you start us off by talking a little bit about how did you become wise by not helping? Oh, by making big mistakes. Ah. <laughs> so when the place you were that helping? It, yes, when I was helping and I and helping is in quotation marks, probably red ones, because it wasn't really helping. Yeah. Yeah. So the place where it mattered the most was really with my wife and how unhelpful it is to try to help when you're not asked. So, you know, I learned that I have, because of what I do for a living, I, I'm able to see things and help people see things. But I don't just not help my wife. I'm not even thinking about helping my wife. If I'm in a course room, I'm thinking about every single person in there, and I'm analyzing and thinking and feeling and looking. But when it comes to my wife, I don't even have those thoughts. Now, that, that wasn't true when we first got married. <laughs> I worked myself around to that. But what it means for me is I'm totally not hiding my desire to help. It's just not there. I'm at a place now where I don't even, if I, if I see my wife having an issue, I'm not even noticing the issue. I'm, I, I will notice my own reaction, but I don't ever feel like, oh, she needs my help. Nice. I love what you're saying. Is there an example? I know it's kind of on the spot, but is there an example that you can think of of the difference so that our listeners could understand this deeper? Yeah, you know, I, I think the example, this one actually, I'm going to use my son because he did such a good job of showing me how I was doing it with him. And it was fairly recent. I mean, it was within the last couple of years. But the thing he said to me is, hey, dad, you know, you think you're having a conversation with me, but it feels more like an interrogation or at least a, you're asking me questions with an agenda. And he was 100% right. Now, underneath it, I cared. I'm his dad. I wanted to parent, to teach, to ha you know, make his path easier for him, like most parents would love to do for their kids. But the reality was I was not having a conversation with him. I was 
doing it under the guise of a conversation so I could teach him something. I could help him with something. And what it felt like to him was that I wasn't connected. I wasn't caring. I was just teaching. Mm. And so he's like, hey, you don't really have a conversation with me. And after that, now what I do is I will have a conversation with him. And if I want a parent, I just flat out say it. Hey, hmm. I'm going to parent here. I'm on the table with it. Uh, now he's 25. He'll be 25 in September. So that's a little different. And with Nikki, you know, Nikki, my wife, will ask me for help sometimes. And I do my little dance because I'm excited to give it. That doesn't happen <laughs> very often. But then the times when she doesn't ask, she has said to me before, and I'm sure many people have heard this before from their spouses, hey, I don't want you to solve any problem. I just want you to listen. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing I did was listen to her to tell me how to treat her. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Yeah. Do do you think that that came as a result of you two having the conversation or did you have to do your own work to realize that your helping wasn't helping? Yeah, I had to do my own work. And, you know, and I even get to do that in a course room because in a course room, Uh, What I may see a student would, or a participant may benefit from something, it's like, that's irrelevant. I I need to hear what they want. You know, the the idea of helping is like, yeah, I can take myself and I can see 20 things that are wrong with me or I'd like to change. And the reality is 19 of those I'm comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. I don't need help with 20. I need help with the one I really want to change or I want to work on. And so I think really listening for, I want help. And then what do I want help with? I had to work on that because, you know, my wife was very clear, but I would, if someone asked for help, even at the beginning of my career in this, I would think, okay, well, let me see what I see instead of, wait a minute, let me hear what you're asking for. Yeah, it's so important what you're saying, because I think what you're, you're putting into context is that in order to become wise at not helping, what we have to work on, perhaps, or what replaces that is a better way of listening. Yeah, yes. I also, time and time again, have experienced that when I am actively working on myself, that the people in my life will often work on themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, so the idea of if I'm helping myself, like if I'm working on the issue that I can see is getting in the way of me listening, if I am working on that, I'm listening better. It is amazing how other people will begin to change themselves. And I say change, really what they begin to be is just act more like themselves. You know, my wanting to help was a trigger to them for their own things. But when I quit helping, it's like then I wasn't triggering and then that allowed them also to be themselves. So, Mm. you know, we say all the time, if you do this work, you'll be amazed at how it will change everything. And it really is true. The tools we teach are ultimately for yourself, not to be applied on someone else. Mm, yeah, which is so true. That can, that, that's the helping that we end up doing very often, right? We learn a new 
tool or trick for ourselves or method, and then we quickly espouse our wisdom onto someone else. <laughs> yes. If my wife says, hey, will you help me zip up this dress? That doesn't mean she needs help with other areas, just the zip on the dress. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And I can see that, you know, like in simplifying it that way, it's so often that, again, our listening is off if we think our job is to help, quote unquote, help somebody. Yeah. Well, and even my own uncomfortableness with my wife being sad or hurt, you know, like I would like for her to feel good. I could sense even my own sense of humor, like I'm not going to use it when she's feeling sad. You know, I'm going to be with her. That's that. I mean, I'm very well of my uncomfortableness around that. That has nothing to do with her. But yet she's the object that gets affected when I can't be comfortable with her uncomfortableness. And so, you know, that's something I can always work on. You know, you're bringing up such an important subject about this helping is that, you know, I think parents and partners uh, and spouses and teachers, you know, as soon as we see somebody in pain or, you know, not feeling what we might deem as a good feeling, we immediately, often, many of us think it's our job to help them feel better. Yeah. So can you speak a little bit to how that probably has worked sometimes and doesn't work others. Yeah, I will listen. There are times when I can tell Nikki is ready to move on from what she was upset about. And I'm not going to then, oh, well, let me tell you what I saw. She's not asking for that. She's asking, hey, let's go for a walk with our dogs. Like that's the help she's asking for. Let's do mm. something new. You know, and so my job is really to just be present to her the same way I want her to be present to me. And then my job is to listen for how she may want to be treated that's different than how I may want to treat. Like to pay attention to, oh, when she is telling me um, I know this is very stereotypical, but she's telling me about a problem during her day. She does not need my feedback. Mm. Oh, yeah. well, you could have said this unless she's specifically asking. And I think that what ends up occurring is we end up closer in those conversations. I discover I don't need to worry about her. She can take care of herself really well. And when she can do that all on her own, yeah. she feels yeah. the satisfaction from that. Why would I want to take that away from her? She doesn't need me for that. Now, there are times she does, but those are different. And often all she needs is to be held. Yeah, I, I love that because I do think that our, you know, our, some of our basic need to be needed, you know, gets collapsed into the way that we fulfill that need is to try and help somebody when they aren't Solve a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the needed, I mean, I think touch is so underestimated of how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. You know, just the being close to, that is the kind of communication that can be very helpful 
but that kind of help applies really indiscriminately. You know, if I want to help my wife, then be close to her, sit with her, listen to her, hold her hand, put my hand on her shoulder, bring her a glass of water. Like there's a ton of ways that I can help that is really kind of like support. Yeah, you know? that's great. That's so great. So uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here, but I, uh, what I want to just kind of highlight is what you're saying about, you know, in order to be wise, one of the ways we can be wise is to let go of our need to help. And so stop helping. And, and when we stop that tunnel vision of helping, we listen better. We let go of our agendas we become closer to our partner, our spouse, our children. And, and the whole concept of espousing our wisdom onto people is not wise at all, nor helpful. Spouses do not need espousing. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> so thank you for being here, Dan. And if you want to check out more about Dan, you can go on our website at www.yourinfinitelifeonline.com. Awesome. Thank you, Pam. You bet. As you can tell from our recordings, accessing your inner wisdom is ongoing and ever-changing. And sometimes you may be even asking yourself, well, how do I even further become the change that I want to be in the world? You may want to consider taking two hours and attending our Communication Mastery online class. Each class is only $79, and it's limited to five participants so that each of you can get individual attention in order to become a better and wiser communicator. So go to www.yourinfinitelifeonline.com to learn more or to sign up. Thanks for joining us. And if you benefited from this podcast, please subscribe, like, and or comment. And find out more about our coaching and other offerings at our website, yourinfinitelifeonline.com. Have a great week accessing your inner wisdom.